Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And away we go. Away we go on this Feedback Friday, live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Welcome in here as we prepare for an enormous weekend in Minnesota sports, boys. I'm fired up. We got Vikings and Chiefs on Sunday. We got the Twins and the Astros in the American League Division Series, which you can hear on 1500 ESPN Radio, by the way, both games one and two. Gophers in Michigan. Most anticipated sports weekend since um, the the back-to-back combination. Uh, well, that, that was actually um, Sunday, Monday. The back-to-back combination, 2009, Favre v. Packers yeah. at Metrodome in game 163. And all of that went very well for the twins like right because you had vikings beating packers on monday night football twins win game 163 now the twins later that week the twins got bounced from the playoffs and bomba yeah. squad bomba squad was twins at yankees and then vikings at giants on sunday but mm-hmm. i don't remember the anticipation being as high for, for that partially because vikings giants not nearly as sexy probably as vikings chiefs no dude vikings chiefs and and actually so i'm right now uh, we'll get to Feedback Friday here. I'm on Price Picks. Price Picks makes watching football and sports a lot more fun than it already is. Right now on Price Picks, boys, the two highest numbers for quarterback passing yards. You can pick more or less, by the way, and you can win up to 25 times your entry on football this season. Select two or more players. So the two highest passing totals are Kirk Cousins, 294.5, and Patrick Mahomes, 288 and a half. So, I, I mean, yeah, man, 294. So you're basically saying if you go more on Kirk Cousins that he's going to throw for 300 yards against the Chiefs here. But um, whatever you decide to do on Price Picks, it's a blast. And Price Picks also now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Um, so check them out. PrizePicks.com slash Purple Daily. Use the code Purple Daily. For a first deposit match up to $100, prizepicks.com slash purple daily with the code purple daily for a first deposit match up to $100. Uh, Judd, also Feedback Friday presented by Surly Brewing Company, that before I die lager mm. that is taking the town by storm. Absolutely. For, uh, for uh, purple fans, before I die is the go to beer to drink. And you know why? Because it speaks to it speaks to the mission of Surly. It speaks to the mission of this show. Heck, it speaks to the mission of every Vikings fan before I die. A lager that not only goes down smooth, but speaks to the hope, the hope as well 
that the Vikings will end their championship drought at some point. But until they do, enjoy the beer, because at least you got that going for you. Yes. So let's get to Feedback Friday here, where we just kind of turn the show over to you guys every week. We stockpile your questions, comments, concerns, critiques, whatever it is that you send us through the Feedback tab in the Score North app. That's the best way to just email us directly. Uh, you can also hit us up in the YouTube comment section. Here we go with Logan Johnson starting things off, gentlemen. My question today is, with the way the offensive line is playing, top five in the NFL by ESPN and PFF's metrics, uh, even with Ingram as our weak link, is there a chance Reisner does not replace Ingram but instead replaces Cleveland, who has an expiring contract? Even if Dalton Reisner is only signed for one year, he is coming off his first contract, could be extended. This would be one less draft pick that could be saved for a more important position to be saved to move up somewhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on, I mean, if you still think Ed Ingram is a piece to this puzzle going forward, can you bench him for Reisner at some point and then like bring him back? Or does that kind of bury his career? Where do you think this is going? Well, I think we talked about this with Doogie a couple of weeks ago, if I am uh, correct on, on this. I like the Cleveland theory because he is a free agent. Like, as Doogie keeps saying, and he's right, you're not paying Reisner essentially, what, a guaranteed three mil, potentially four, but a guaranteed three, to not play him. Like, he's not a guy signed off a practice squad, and it's like, oh, our guys started to play well because they they had a fire lit below their asses, so this is great. So I actually do like this. Um, And the other interesting point that is broached there is this one. So... I don't think Cleveland is coming back. I think Cleveland wants to play tackle, and I think Cleveland's going to, uh, after the season, try to find a situation where he he could play tackle. So what if Reisner uh, took over that job at some point this season, keeping him at left guard, where he's played his entire NFL career? Mm -hmm. And furthermore, if I'm not mistaken, Cleveland would get you a compensatory pick if he leaves. So not only would you not have to expend a draft pick on a left guard, potentially, to replace Cleveland, if, if you do keep Reisner, but I think you would get a compensatory pick for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I think Ingram, I think there's a lot of pride there. Like Ed Ingram would have been benched as a rookie if there hadn't been a lot of pride. And this draft class, you know, from 2022 is falling apart or has. So if Ed Ingram can play halfway decent, I think he takes the job. But I actually like the thought process, process of this could be actually to replace Ezra Cleveland more than Ingram right now. But then there's the other side of this coin, which is, we're, you know, we're talking about, we're fielding a question here from, from the audience about, you know, replacing someone, this, that. But do you really want to upset what they have going here? Like Bradbury's coming. So you're going to upgrade. Right now you have one of the five best run-blocking offensive lines in the NFL. And in terms of pass protection, it's also top five, top ten, depending on which metric and platform you look at. They've been, compared to the rest of the league, a really good offensive line through the first four games. It's going to get better with a healthier Bradbury taking over for Schlotman. I don't know that I'm actively looking to shake things up right now. I think when you signed Reisner, things were a little bit more tenuous, but maybe the presence of Reisner in the room has just made other guys perk up and play better. So I don't know what they promised him, but I'd like to see the current group with Bradbury together for another week to build oh, off yeah, what they've done before. Like, I'm not yeah. starting Reisner on Sunday, just to be no. clear. No, I mean, they, they they showed that they won't. So, yes. No, I, I think we're talking about if Cleveland starts to struggle or, heck, 
a guy gets hurt, which is entirely possible. Yeah, I don't think the plug is being pulled on anyone on the current starting offensive line against the Chiefs. I think you're right about that. And they certainly paid him a pretty penny not to necessarily just be a backup. So I get where Doogie is coming from and, and why the financials probably, probably point to him getting into the actual offensive line. Um, but you're always one injury away on that offensive line from catastrophic catastrophic events. So let's say the next injury, unfortunately, is a injury to Ezra Cleveland or Ed Ingram. Well, now you have a legitimate backup plan in Dalton mm-hmm. Reisner, and it's not Ole Udo, it's not Blake Brandle. It's a legitimate offensive lineman. And, and maybe that was part of the deal when they signed him, that they told Dalton Reisner, like, hey, we like what we have here, and you are in insurance policy. Here's $3 bucks to make you happy. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, if just signing him made other guys perk up and get better, then okay, then it had the intended effect one way or the other. Uh, Trevor Christensen chimes in, says, listeners all week have been questioning Kevin O'Connell and whether or not he's cut out for this, like going back to last week. But take one look at the reigning defending coach of the year and his New York football giants right now, Brian Dable. It couldn't be clearer that these two coaches are on completely different tiers right now. This Giants team is a clown car of dysfunction and approaching Indomitian Sioux levels of attitude problems as well. They got, uh, was it Neil that called out the fans yeah. and saying, what do oh you, my God. what do you flip your flipping hot dogs? And you're trying yeah. to tell me, uh, uh, KOC on the other hand, somehow has everyone on the same page moving in the same direction. Still, it is amazing how things and perceptions can change very quickly in this league. Yeah. So there, there might've been people questioning O'Connell. I, I don't, remember it being like super harsh but it feels to me like the real uh like the real questioning was done of quasi Dofa mensa last week right like i i guess i i guess i'm hard pressed to say that that i heard one soul call for like koc's head or say he's terrible the struggles look i mean they turn the ball over a lot that's also on coaching uh but i don't I don't recall people turning on him or close yet. So I guess I would say, yes, the Giants are a, a mess and, you know, team struggle. And not to say Dable didn't have influence in it, but I wonder how much of that pie of influence he had bringing back Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's such an interesting one. Like, did he pound on the table and say, this is my guy, I want him even at $40 million? Or did the front office want to push forward and... Because like a huge role, right? Like, I mean, he is the quarterback guy there. So I would imagine he said, yes, like, yeah, look at what he did against the Vikings. And I know the offensive line is kind of a mess in New York, but much like what you're seeing with Sam Howell in Washington, Sam Howell has been sacked on like 15% of his dropbacks, which is an historic rate. (laughs) Daniel Jones is getting sacked. These guys are getting sacked at a greater rate than the offensive line's poor play. You don't you don't just get sacked like five ten times in a game on a regular basis if you right. know what you're doing. So some right. of it's offensive line, some of it's you got to figure it out a little bit if you're a quarterback. Um, let's see here. I feel like I left the name off this person, so apologies to anonymous person that asks this question here. This is uh, I want to raise a point that's been bothering me for some time on the future of the team and the division. Uh, though we were all clowning on Bears GM Ryan Poles during his press conference regarding taking the division back, which is what he said, it sure looks like Poles has done a pretty damn good job of making that a future potential reality, that the Bears take the division. With the Bears and Panthers arguably the two worst teams in the NFL, although last night the Bears did not look like that, 
Chicago all but controls the top of the draft, especially if you project a potential Justin Fields trade and they get more draft compensation, employing two generational players like Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison on rookie contracts for the next five years, plus millions in cap space is a great recipe for sustained dominance. Uh, it's going to be tough winning a Super Bowl before we die, Vikings fans, if we can't even make it out of the How much do you fear the Bears and what Ryan Poles is, quote-unquote, building right now? I don't know that I am too concerned about it. I like the philosophy, but I don't know. It, you know, it, it's not just a philosophy and a lifestyle, but it's also execution of this, and that's where I that's where it's a, a slippery slope. I mean, I think that I think when Poles came here to talk uh, to the Wilfs before – um, before Quazy got hired, I think he basically spelled out this plan and said, you know, I, I want to strip this thing down and I want to build it back up with my draft picks. And uh, the Wilf said, no. Now, if it's done correctly, yes, it can, it can be absolutely a boon, but I need to see way more here and like what direction it's go- going to, to take. And I'm also, and I'm sure he relieved some of the pressure on himself with the win last night. I don't know that the Matt Eberflus hire is the right one. He's a defensive guy, and I want to develop a quarterback. So, like, Ryan Poles might have – he might have the right intention in in his heart. I don't know that he's going to get there, though. Did you see Eberflus's postgame celebration, like, talk to the locker room? It was painful. Cringe. He had – I haven't – admittedly, I've not watched many of his press conferences. I'm sure this is a big talker in Chicago. It was, you know, Kevin O'Connell is probably the best in the NFL at those post-game, no joke, like KOC is probably the best post-game locker speech giver in the NFL. Yeah. Just like, I don't know how, and 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 he's not like scripting the speech. He's he's coming in after a game and he's just naturally that charismatic. Eberflus is the opposite. Literally like nervously looking at notes. He's talking to a group of 53 grown-ass men, NFL football players and coaches, and he's, okay. And he has this nervous tick where he says, okay, with an upward inflection, like he's looking for approval. Hey, if we stick together, okay, that's all we need. We keep sticking together, okay, right? Or I think it's right, right? We stick together, right? And we run the ball, right? And play defense, right? And, dude, it was, Was that dude Jonathan uh, Gannon level bad from, like, that one awkward Arizona thing in in Hard Knocks? And I know that was more cheesy That was a different level. Yeah, this was, like uncomfortable guy at the front of a room should not, should not be public speaking sort of thing. Go, go check it out. I'd be curious if, if anyone in the audience saw it too, I was like, Whoa, this guy is a coordinator, not a head coach for sure. And you can see why there's some chaotic things and disorganization just doesn't feel like he's the guy, which is good for Vikings fans. Hey, the bears might've failed on another quarterback and coach combination. What's new. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That I won't fear the bears until I see a lot more. I like their idea, but you know, it really does go to the execution. And when you're going to strip it down that much, you got to have really good execution. Yes. Let's see here. Let's go with, uh, Oh, by the way, that was uh Kunal who sent in that last question about the bear. So thank you. Kunal. Kunal says he's been a listener of the show all the way back to the Royce and Mackey and early nice. Judd radio days at 1500 ESPN. When he was starting college would typically turn to the station for twins analysis, but then found that our Vikings coverage provided uh, uh, an objective lens to us. So, wow, thank you for the kind words, Kunal, one of the OG listeners of us knuckleheads. 
Uh, Southern Exile says, happy Friday. Seems like Purple Daily used to have a would you rather type of a question to end the Friday episodes. I love those. This question is in that vein. By the way, please send it. If you guys have like fun would you rather questions that have nothing to do with football even, send them to us. Mm -hmm. We'll probably answer them. Says this question is in that vein. If you could guarantee the Vikings would win a Super Bowl, but it entailed jettisoning either one of the one of these other teams. You'd, so Vikings win a Super Bowl, but you'd have to pick one of these other teams to go away. Twins, Wolves, or Wild are out of the state forever. Who would you pick and why? And Southern Exile says, I'm not a hockey guy, so sorry, Declan and Judd. Bye bye, Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you guys are probably picking Timberwolves, and I'm probably picking Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely have. Is anyone picking but, the twins in this group? No, 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 I'm not picking baseball. But like, even though the wolves are probably like fourth on the pecking order for me as a sports fan, like I don't, I love when basketball is good in this town. I mean, look at the last two years, even though the Timberwolves have been a little up and down, it's awesome to see target center packed and passionate wolves fans be rewarded for at least competent basketball. Mm-hmm. And I just I I don't want to just exile them just because of my own selfish needs too. I know it's it's out of the stage of the question. I'm being a Judd Zolgad here, manipulating yeah, the question. I do. Bye. Um. But yeah, I guess I I guess I'd send them away. I don't I know. No you guys. I mean, come on. You guys would send the Wolves. You're not sending. No one's sending the Twins. And and you guys are passionate. Can I get rid of go for football? Fine. Can I can I just get no. can we not have a Division One football? Yeah. Team? Can we package go for football? Go for basketball. Goodbye. The Lynx haven't won problem. much in the don't, playoffs recently. Don't judge the question. I'll, the I'll United just fired their coach for God's sakes. Like let's like, can we package a bunch of these other teams and no, no we are it's going to have to be the the Wolves for me and it will be the Wild for you. Yep, I think that's pretty cut and dry. Uh, let's see. Chris Burke says this is really a Judd critique but hoping this gets read on the show. Yeah. Anytime you have a critique of a member of the show, we will probably read it on the show. Yeah, you think? He says, Kirk plays generally well enough through the first three games, and they lose. Kirk plays horribly in the next game, and they win, but Kirk's too hard on himself. Previously, you guys killed Kirk for not accepting responsibility. As a leader, you'd rather have him say he played great when he obviously didn't. He was bad, and he rightly uh, rightly acknowledged that he was bad. What more do you want, Judd? Oh, oh here's what Judd was saying. I, di- I don't like the fact that... Zugland. He, I don't Zugland. like the fact that after watching quarterback, he carries that weight around during the game. He can rip himself at the podium all he wants. My, my problem is you can see it in the game. Like, that's what I don't want. Like, if you want to get up and crucify yourself at the podium for your play, but what I need is ap- after... And, and you know what? I mean... It's just Kirk's personality, but I I will always go back now to to the scene in quarterback where they're about to complete that historic comeback against the Colts with a field goal. Kirk's like, it's too far, it's too far. We had to get closer, like that. That is that, and I got pushback, but that that's me. That's how I'm wired. <laughs> I I'm wired like that. You're an NFL quarterback. Look at how. To, to what? Oh my God! Phil, oh my God! To Phil's what, point, what time are we recording tomorrow? Oh God! Yeah, yeah what exactly. Right That's oh me. That's me. What spots? What are we doing? But you know what? <laughs> to go back to your point, if you want to know how a quarterback should be wired, Kevin O'Connell's your guy. Like the, he is wired like a quarterback should be. His post game speeches are a product oh. of having led men as a quarterback. There's, it's like a full on confident alpha. It's but not it's a funny because. He's got that alpha and that self-assuredness and that move forward, you know, just who if we made a mistake, keep moving forward. 
Yep. But he also has, I don't know what the word is, I guess, but he also has the ability to sort of come down from that and connect with people. He's not just a hard ass all the time. It is the no, ultimate quarterback demeanor. I agree. Yeah. I mean, his ability, his ability in those speeches to, I think the best way to put it is control the room completely. Mm-hmm. And look, Kirk's not changing. Kirk is who it, it's somewhat endearing to. So this is not a, just a dump on Kirk completely. It's somewhat endearing to, to hear, to hear him say, yeah, I went online and got tickets. And like Doogie says, you could have been in a suite at the twins game. You know what KOC, if he had gone to that baseball game is doing KOC is getting in the suite. Like, like that's just the, that's the quarterback confidence there. And that's, that's how I want my quarterback wired. Uh, And unfortunately, and, and I do think it costs Kirk. Like, like I think, I think playoff Kirk is partially the fact that he can't take that up that next rung. Okay. So are you, I just want to ask you a question. Does the fact that Kirk cousins didn't find a way into a suite for a twins playoff game and instead bought tickets on StubHub and sat in the crowd. Does that make you think less of him as a quarterback? It makes me think more of him as a human and it makes me think less of him as a quarterback in crutch. It, 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 it's you. why he I checks down. He take. checked down his ticket purchase. He checked down the ticket purchase. In a moment Maybe he of, just wanted to be a man of the people, man. Like he just wanted which is, to. Which again is endearing as a human. As a human being, he is an he can be somewhat endearing. I, I check down the ticket purchase. I do have another question off this from Nathan Farah here says uh, everyone seems to be okay with Kirk Cousins not studying and getting ready for the Chiefs game on Tuesday. So he takes Tuesdays <laughs> off. He was at the Twins game on Tuesday. It's we Chiefs go. week, man. Your season's on the line. I don't get it. He gets paid millions of dollars. He won one game all year and didn't look good. Last week, any other quarterback in his position would be working on Tuesdays. Aaron Rodgers, when he was healthy, would do it. Brady was working on Tuesdays when he was playing. Uh, people seem to always want to defend him, but I can't make sense of it. Is it a Minnesota thing or what? Thanks for everything you guys do. Love the show. Keep it up. We've kind of like, you know, when that came out on the Netflix documentary and and he explained that he doesn't work on Tuesdays, he's told the team, I need 24 hours off. I'm going to hang with my family as a human. That's amazing. Like he is, a, he is a better father than most quarterbacks when they're yeah. in the middle of their career. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. But on the flip side, does he lose something to some of the other quarter? I've never really thought that he came in underprepared for a football game. So right. I've sort of, you know, whatever, like whatever you have to do to get your work in from Wednesday to Sunday, that's on you. But um, it is, it is odd. Like it's, it's, it goes against the grain of all the other like top obsessed, desperate to win games at all costs quarterbacks in the league. Right. It's got, you know what it has? It has the, I work here vibe because Tuesdays are a day that quarterbacks show up and help game plan. Like, like the point of Tuesday is it's an off day. You go in with O'Connell and the offensive staff and you sit down and you say, these are the plays I want us to run. And the coach might say, bleep you. The coach might say, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, when you show up on Wednesday, you are basically a pseudo OC. If you don't show up on Tuesday and you show up on Wednesday, you are basically an employee of the team. Uh, but but forget about us questioning that. I think it's the more interesting question, and obviously uh, players aren't going to answer this on the record right now, no, but I think the would, more interesting reflection is Alex Boone's take on this, which is it's ridiculous he doesn't show up on Tuesdays. Yeah, and Booney kind of jokes about it on Tuesdays, but we know, we know Booney enough. 
He's it he's bringing it, it up for him. a reason. Yeah, it bothers him. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, I don't know. Our industry is so different, and everyone else's industry. But we're grinding our asses, and let and and Judd is Judd is the sports dad of this show, right? Declan and I are are here, but like Judd is the sports dad. He's the leader. He's the eldest statesman of this show, right? Just like Kirk in that locker room. And this for us on the media side, this is football season. The twins are in the playoffs. And Judd comes to us and says, Hey guys, I'm going to need uh 24 hours. No communication. Don't make eye contact with me right. every, uh, every Saturday. We're like, okay, I think that'll work. Okay. Judd, but, the, tw- the twins play a playoff game on Saturday, man. Like, is there any way you could maybe just like squeeze in a podcast? You know, it just, it, I don't know. It's yeah. You, you, in some ways you respect it on a human level, but on, on, in other ways, yeah. it's like, do you want to, do you want to win with Patrick Mahomes? And <laughs> it makes me a better human. It makes me a worse employee and coworker. It's that yeah. simple. It's yeah. that simple. By the way, Declan, and, and it's I hate, week, baby. I hate week. to do this, but I'm looking at the comments. Uh, can you just mute Mike J, please? He yeah. continues to spam with all caps. Mike, oh, yeah. you're going to either have to stop spamming or turn off all yeah. caps or both. You're going to be put in timeout. So thank you. Yep. Sorry. Just people are, other people are trying to interact on the YouTube comment section here. And Mike J, every five comments. Kirk Cousins is the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, just calm down. Let other people get their questions in. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Okay, Alec Riswold says, all anybody can talk about for draft picks is potentially a quarterback in round one. It's looking like the Vikings will have limited draft capital again in 2024 because at this point they haven't done anything to get a lot more. So my question is, even if we do end up high enough to grab one of the top quarterbacks, what are we going to do about the defense? Yes, the defense is improved, but I wouldn't say it's a Super Bowl caliber defense, and much of the improvement is because of Flores' scheme, and he's not guaranteed to stick around. So you draft a quarterback, it improves the offense again, maybe, but we still have to get lucky with draft picks and free agency to plug defensive holes. Yeah, like, unless you have a bunch of draft capital and you can say, like that one year the Vikings had three first-round draft picks, and they're like, this is great. We need a defensive tackle. We need a safety. We need a wide receiver. Now they whiffed on a couple of those, but, yeah, there's going to be too many holes to, to fill for the, the amount of draft picks you have unless you start trading for more draft picks. It's kind of that simple. I think one of our new benchmarks on Purple Daily on Draft every Monday on the Purple Daily YouTube channel uh, is we're going to start doing draft needs as in like a pecking order of positions of how going into after, going into each Monday show, what's the pecking order of the three most important positions the Vikings have to have to fill if the draft were tomorrow, per se. Um, and obviously the quarterback being the number one for the most part just because of the un- uncertain nature of Kirk Cousins' future. But we've mostly agreed that defensive line, defensive edge, pass rusher is probably second with the bullet. If they if they figure out the quarterback problem or quarterback solution after Kirk Cousins that's not in the draft, then it's easily it's defensive edge. It's edge or defensive line to to fill that hole immediately. Yeah. I mean What's they coming off have... the books from a cap standpoint, because I, I do think that with enough guys uh if, if Daniel Hunter leaves, for instance, and if Kirk leaves, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are going to probably address one of those two. And my guess is the preference is going to be an edge rusher. You're in, going to, in to the draft or free agency. In free agency. Mm-hmm. Yes. Un- unless you keep Hunter, in which case you sort of address it there. But but um, I don't think the quarterback thing is just so interesting because we have no idea which direction they're going to mm-hmm. go. But but the reality is you should have enough cap wise to actually make a move or two uh, that would be considered a splash move once free agency opens. Yeah, I would say, again, this could all change in the next like six months with the draft process and stuff. But if if it looks like there are five or six first round caliber quarterbacks, I think you have to start there. Even if you do resign Kirk to like a two year deal. Now, I've heard some people saying, well, wait a second. Why can't you just resign Kirk for one more year, draft the quarterback, have him sit behind Kirk? That's great from a Vikings perspective. Why would Kirk going into free agency agree to a one-year contract with the Minnesota Vikings? He would. You, you either have to commit at this point, and this is probably part of the hang-up, because the Vikings are probably like, after they didn't draft a quarterback last year, they're probably sitting there like, oh, it would be nice to have Kirk around for 2023 and 24. And Kirk and his agent are probably saying, okay, you know, my family's looking for more of like a three to five year commitment, the last contract that we sign. And then there's the money that you have to haggle over. So if he's going to hit the open market and two or three other teams, the Falcons, whoever else are going to be interested, it's going to be at least two years, maybe three. So if you're the Vikings, you're deciding between two or three years of Kirk or drafting a quarterback and starting over, right? The ship has kind of sailed on have a quarterback well, sit behind Kirk for one year and then Kirk comes off the books. And as we've discussed before too, I think the most interesting question and we have no clue is do they want to start over, which they very well might, which they you know, I mean when you look at I'm sorry cuz I I know that the Crusaders are going to rebel against this statement, but the reality is we don't know what Kevin O'Connell is thinking when he sees Kirk and there are things Kirk does that I think he, he likes, but there's no question there's things Kirk does that he doesn't like and that he thinks he could probably coach out of a yeah. or or won't have to deal with with a younger QB. So but but I do but I do think that we need to keep in mind that that free agency again, if they free up as much cap space as we think they might, free agency will again play a role where it really hasn't in recent years because of the yeah. cap. And one other thing too on this, and then we can get to some other feedback is whenever we have this Kirk Cousins or quarterback of the future discussion, the pushback is always, why are you blaming Kirk? Or how can you say it's Kirk's fault? How can he be getting the biggest slice of the pie chart of blame, right? That's not what anyone's saying here. I think, again, there's ways you can manipulate the salary cap, but in general, if you're the Vikings and you have two, three, four different things that you need to build a contender nucleus, would you rather have a $40 million, 35-year-old quarterback and then just try as hard as you can to get lucky in the fourth round of the draft and the second wave of free agency? Or would you rather have a much cheaper, talented young quarterback who's not as good as Kirk right now and then you have other resources to go get edge rusher, defensive tackle, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. People are like, well, but but the quarterback's going to get worse, right? But the team might be better. This isn't about... We're going to go back to quarterback purgatory. Okay, but some of the years that people are saying the Vikings were in quarterback purgatory, the team was better. Kirk is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. The Vikings were better with Case Keenum and Sam Bradford making much less money than Kirk Cousins than they have been with Kirk Cousins, right? Like, 
It's about the team and how you build a 53-man roster, not just is the quarterback linearly better than the next quarterback. So I, I hate when the conversation devolves into just that one position. There's 52 other guys. That's how you build a roster. Uh, before we get to some of the – Alec Riswold has a question here. Um, actually, he just asked one. Alex Johnson, we'll get to some of these. Let's shout out our friends at Finch Home Solutions, Judd. The Finchmobile. Declan. Yes, exactly right. You know what? You got the Batmobile, but that doesn't hold a candle to the Finchmobile. Finch Home Solutions, which is going to fix any electrical needs that you might have in your home, big or small. They are going to keep your family and your home safe. They're going to do it quickly. They're going to do it professionally. They're courteous. They are outstanding. They're going to tell you what's what, what you need done, what you don't need done, big or small again. So we're talking about like replacing an outlet. Finch will do that. Uh, replacing the wiring in your entire home, which can be incredibly important. Finch can do, do that. There is no project that Finch can't handle for you. So when that van shows up, you know mm-hmm. that you are in good hands. Give them a call, 612-357-2604, or go uh, to their newly designed website in w- which you can actually put in what the issue is, the your address, and get it all taken care of that way, finchhomesolutions.com finchhomesolutions.com. There is no bigger fan of the purple than Cody Finch, and there is no bigger fan of making sure that your home is safe than Cody and Finch Home Solutions. Amen. Also, a shout-out to our friends over at Nutrisource, the official pet food of Purple Daily and Score North. Maya Mackey was kind enough to sleep in a little bit longer this morning. Uh, She knew that uh, the dad and mom needed 30 extra minutes of sleep here, but she's very excited for her Nutrisource chicken and rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yep. And uh, just about the time that I get done uh, recording these podcasts, that little girl, Stella, right there, she's going to say it is time for me to go outside. And you know why? Because she knows when she gets inside, it's going to be time for training rewards, uh, treats from our friends at Nutrisource. And I'm guessing the Vinster feels the same way, Declan. Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, dad and Vinster time this week. And uh, so so that means we get a lot of Nutrisource treats, right? Like, it's it's okay, Vinny. He gets a little separation anxiety from mom. I get it. I get that that way, too. Of course, no one's feeding me Nutrisource treats, but Vinny gets his Nutrisource treats, at least, to help calm some of that separation anxiety. The Vinster. Uh, NutrisourcePetFoods.com. That's NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Separation anxiety. I call that a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Uh, Alex Johnson says here, if I hear one more Taylor Swift segment, Gosh, can we stop idolizing humans? I can already hear Mackie saying, okay, but she's a world-famous pop star, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I don't care. It's always going to be sucking up to culture, and that's that. Let's keep it focused on sports, a.k.a. the reason we listen to your wonderful show. Well, thank you. Alex, I hate to break it to you, but uh, uh, being a sports fan is also idolizing culture Mm -hmm. and humans. It's just a different form of it. Like we're idolizing Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. but we're we're opting into that, and that's fine. Like we love idolizing sports figures because that's what we do every day for a living. But you're saying like it's one thing if you get annoyed by Taylor Swift conversation, which I don't think we've had much of this week. What have we talked about her for like three one. minutes? Yeah, we had one. I think like you know cumulative time in the last week, we have probably spent five total minutes talking about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you but add it but all your, up. your argument can't be stop idolizing humans and then say well, talk about Justin Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will I will say this in and and I I've been probably more guilty about talking 
about her and her, what's going on than you guys on the show. But um, I will say this. I do appreciate the fact that we have a large contingent of fans. And th- this Phil has really changed since our radio days where the show was more general sports. I do like the fact that people can come to us and expect a Viking show. So I sort of get it. And I don't think it, it bothers the masses. Uh, but I also get the fact that, you know, if you start to veer off into other pop cultures and politics, it can annoy folks. So I do get it. Yeah. So end of Taylor Swift question. So look at you just by asking that question, you just had us talking about Taylor Swift for two minutes there. Okay. But now okay. we're just back to football, just meat and potatoes football. We are rolling around in the dirt, paying football. tribute to Dick Butkus today. <laughs> nobody, nobody was more about football than Dick Butkus. Oh, man. Even though Dick Buckus never played in a playoff game. Little known fact. Never played Hard, in a playoff game. Harder to get in the playoffs back then, I will say that. Yeah, especially when your team is a six-win team every year. Well, you have no quarterback. Yeah, he had no quarterback. And he didn't play that long, and guys didn't play that long. It's like Sayers. Sayers' career was cut incredibly short by a knee problem that now could be, or knee problems that could be mm-hmm. fixed. Kind of classic Bears, though. Like, you know, I know they won a Super Bowl in 85 with a great defense, but it's kind of right. like their only shiny moment now. They'll always have that over the Vikings until the Vikings win a Super Bowl. But the Bears have all these great linebackers and defense and old school smash mouth. They pop up like once every 10 years with 10 wins. And no quarterback. They go back, yeah. And uh, wasn't, was Buck Kiss Phil the special guest referee WrestleMania 2? 3? Uh, so WrestleMania 2, uh, it was three different locations, and one of them was Chicago. That's right. That sounds right. Yes. I think that's correct. I think yeah. that's correct. Let's see here. Bad Dad Joke says, is Ivan Pace Jr. the best rookie linebacker in the NFL? He's currently PFF's eighth-rated linebacker, earning elite pass rush grades in his first two starts. He was the league leader in pass rush win rate in college, uh, and then he leapfrogged Asimov for the starting gig. He was also spotted wearing the green dot against the Panthers over Jordan Hicks. He's a player, man. And that's a great find. Free agent? Like, like yeah. for all for all of the especially 2022 whiffs, including I guess what for now appears to be Brian Asamoah. Yeah, yeah, Ivan Pace. That is a hell of a find. That that scout deserves a lot of credit. Yes. Uh, Will Swisher says, "Can you guys please give your thoughts on Adrian Peterson competing in Dancing with the Stars this season? I don't normally watch shows like that, but I'll watch as long as he's in it to support a former Viking." Okay, I'll draw the line there. I don't care. Yeah, I I thought I was in it. I'll draw the line. We'll talk about that. I I will dabble every once in a while. Like, if I'm just trying to get work done, I will put on a network TV channel just to have background noise on. Like, I I will. And I won't really watch things too much. But I don't think I have legitimately ever once put on Dancing with the Stars. I've put on American Idol. Uh, What's the new one with... um, the X, you know, they, they they slap it and they turn around. The voice, that's the voice, the voice. which is like the new American Idol, basically. Uh, I mean, it's not new, though. It's like 15 it's not years new. old. It's not new. But <laughs> like, I, just, I, watch it. I don't watch it, but I had that on the other day as I was like finishing stuff up for score posts. Like, so I have never once, though, dabbled in Dancing with the Stars. I can tell you this. Uh, Adrian Peterson probably needs the money. I think that's what's happening. Oh, God, here. yeah. He fought a boxing match against Le'Veon Bill a year ago, and now he's on Dancing with the Stars. He, we called it, it pays better than the XFL, probably. It's sad. It's sad. I still think that a large part of why he kept trying to play and play uh, was exactly that. Just a paycheck. Yeah. Juliana Jackson says, actually, we've had this same question from probably 10 people in the last couple of days. According to a tweet from NFC North News, 
The Vikings are one of five teams that Caleb Williams would like to play for. That is a fake account. Yeah. Anything you ever see from this thing, it's not even funny. Like, there's no irony or humor or anything. Anything you see from NFC North News with two S's on Twitter is a fake quote. So, no, he did not say that. And no, Justin Jefferson did not call me out in a quote last year. And no, Kirk Cousins did not call out Judd in a quote last year. Those which are made-up quotes, okay? To which we would have been <laughs> thrilled. Can you imagine yes. if, like, J.J. had called you out? It would have been amazing, but it didn't you happen. take a victory lap around the Twin Cities. I haven't heard anything from NFC, or, uh, AL Central news from Griffin Jacks calling me out either. So I, I, don't, I don't know about any of these ones. I think he would actually call you out, though, he for probably the blatant would. disrespect. Uh, let's see here. Aaron Bialki says before the season, it was clear that there's a lot of young guys on the defense who needed to get comfortable and come together as a group. It seems like this is starting to happen and should continue to improve as the year goes on. What wasn't expected was how many turnovers the offense would make and that cousins would seem to take a step back. Do you think that the defense will continue to improve with these guys and really start to shine by the end of the year? What do you think about the defense? Okay, this is a tough one because um, Brian Flores actually had a pretty good, like, coherent game plan against the Chargers. And Herbert did what Mahomes is going to do. He picked it apart. If you do the same exact thing, Bryce Young had no clue, but the game plan was good. Uh, I'm telling you, I think the defense might start to improve, but I think the most important thing, if if you really want to see Brian Flores, the mad defensive scientist at work, is 2024. Like, that's where I think you'll see, because he'll have more personnel in place by then. And I think he's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know with the current personnel. Like, like yes, they can improve. But are we going to see it, like, come to its fruition if that's going to happen? I think that's probably a next season thing more than this year. Just my guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, but what what are the odds that he does stay here? I know every coaching, there's going to be coaching vacancies like there always is. You know, does he, you you only get so many cracks of the apple of being an NFL head coach. Does he want to risk any of that if he wants to come back to the Vikings for one more season to put some more seasoning on his resume or just make this defense better for one more year? Yeah, I think, well, if he, if he gets interviews, which he probably will, he would, he would take a job, but I'm actually, I think I'm curious to see what Marcus Davenport and Neil Hunter can do together. If, if they can both stay on the field here, because I do think that's the next level to this defense is both those guys. You don't have to blitz 80% of the time. Davenport looked yeah. really good in his first full game. So I, I do to Aaron's question. I do think there's another level of this defense this year with those guys, both just being on the field. But that's the thing. Like if he can turn the 30th defense into the ninth best defense, probably more likely to get a job somewhere, right? As a head coach. The only thing about that is I and and it's dragging out. I don't know if he's going to be offered a good job as long as he's suing the league. That's another thing. If that lawsuit yeah. can get settled, yeah. it makes it a oh, little more yeah. likely. But but I mean, you know, keep keep in mind he passed. I think he passed in the opportunity to talk to the Arizona Cardinals. That was the only yeah. team last. I mean, you ain't jumping if you're smart, and I think Brian is. You ain't jumping at the Cardinals' job. Yeah. Um. And 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 if the lawsuit gets settled and he turns the defense around here, he's going to have some pretty good opportunities. Yep. Uh, Ethan Slocum says, "My wife and I came in from Nebraska. We are hoteling in Roseville, Minnesota. Is there anything or any place cool that we should go to this weekend? Thank you. Keep up the great work. 
Well, Surly. Go to Surly. Yep. It's pretty, pretty close to Roseville. It's not too far. Yeah. yeah it's not too mm-hmm. far at all. I would Jack's say this time of year, the fall, St. Anthony, Maine, that like riverfront brick yeah. street this time of year with 55 degrees, the leaves falling, skyline. It's a cool, cool area to go to. I mean, go to Three Jack, too. We're not like yeah. scheduled to do a Three Jack read here, but go to Three Jack. Yeah, in the Park North Tavern, Loop. join yeah. me on this side of the river, drive all the way over here, go to Park Tavern. <laughs> Actually, you know, you could talk about Park Tavern right now, Judd. I think that's a fair take an Uber to Park Tavern, man. You can dine and you can. Rub elbows at the same bar that the sports dad does in his mm-hmm. neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Yep. Park, uh, the, the Park Tavern, which, as Phil just said, located close to me here in St. Louis Park, Louisiana Avenue South, to be exact. Uh, but it's a great time. We were there for a uh, Purple Daily slash Ventline viewing party on Sunday back in the 11th frame. Absolutely fantastic. Park Tavern, uh, it is your headquarters for sports for great beer selections, for great food, and also if you have a group, if you are putting together a party. My friend Cheryl and Phil, they do a fantastic job. Book your event there, parktavern.net, or you can call them at 952-929-6810. Also, did I mention bowling, two outdoor patios. Park Tavern has it all. It's your one-stop place for an absolute great time parktavern.net if it is a birthday party anniversary and i'm talking a big party too i'm talking 60 people plus guess what park tavern can take care of you located again st louis park louisiana avenue south and if you're just looking for you know if you're just in town for a vikings game again check out park tavern yes all right boys there's your feedback friday here live on the purple daily youtube channel vikings and chiefs we'll make our official picks and go over some of the different interesting tidbits and information on our Saturday Purple Picks edition, and then Vikings Vent Line right after the Vikings game finishes up on Sunday. So I think what our plan is for Sunday, we're Vikings Vent Line on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and then the Twins play at night, and then we'll likely record a recap episode after game two of that Twins Astro series, Scorn Earth Twin Show podcast feed, and the Scorn Earth YouTube channel. So Huge weekend in Minnesota sports. And uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us and helping us build these podcast communities. Purple Daily, daily Vikings entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.